You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with two of our favorite gals, their sunshine in human form. We're sitting down with our girls, <laughs> Kim and Emily Kwame. Hi. Hello. 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 Welcome back. <laughs> I didn't realize it when we were, we had this scheduled and all that. And they were sitting down setting up today and I was like, it's almost, I, it is, is it either exactly a year or just at since we were here last time because you were some of our very first guests. I think we were episode seven. Oh, my. Ep- no, yeah. episode eight. Oh. oh yeah. We episode eight. I went back and looked at it. Oh. oh. <laughs> I did. She did her homework. She I have a bookmark. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I said, we're going to have to check that in the curio corner. But Kim, um, Kim already did it. Yeah, Thank you. Did. You know, we're setting up today. And I was uh, thinking back on the last time we were here. And, like, I was so nervous. And we had no idea what the fuck we were oh, doing. Oh, my gosh. We were setting things up, and Neither I remember just we? being yeah. so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, because we didn't even we had remember we had lists like uh, like questions, mm-hmm. and we were like bullet points, mm-hmm. and now we're just like whatever. Let's you guys were nervous. We didn't know what to expect, and now this time yeah. we're fucking nervous because we're like, why? Would, why do you guys want to talk to us again? <laughs> Well, and it's it's the cool. thing that I've kind of seen from just over the course of the year, right? Of like you sit down and talk to somebody and you hear that like surface level stories, right, of everybody's collections. And I've realized that then you start to get to know somebody and you start to tack on the information that goes along with it. And I do Kim's hair. And so she'll listen to an episode, specifically one that's related to Idaho Falls, and she'll come in and share some more information with us. So I was like, I want to capture that again. And then there were so many things we didn't get to touch on the last time we were here about the collections that you both have. So yeah, it's kind of a... We, we felt go. honored. I know. We did. It was like Christmas. <laughs> we did. It was Christmas. Very cool. That's true. Oh, we just adore both of you. And we're so... Just thank you for sitting down with us again and doing this nonsense all over again with White Claws. I don't know if we're going to sing this time, but it's uh, maybe on the books. Oh, variety pack number three. Yo. Yeah, there here you we go. go. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you both. And Emily, you're getting ready to go back to school. Yes, I will have I will have students on Wednesday of oh. next week. Oh, it's a deep it's a deep breath before the major plunge of when is winter break. Oh, right. Though I you love to have spud harvest like we no, did. Oh, yeah, no spud harvest. I wish. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is, Jill? I do now. When I first moved here, well, when I had kids in school and they were talking about, I'm like, what the, (laughs) what is that? Yeah. And they're like, the kids go out into the fields and pick potatoes. And I'm like, how many kids die a year? (laughs) (laughs) Because that'd be like all the Air Force kids would be like, hey, we go clean the jets. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's a common. Oh, we don't. Oh, (laughs) that's a common (laughs) misnomer that people think that everybody is going to work in the spuds. I grew up. In Shelly and never once worked in the potatoes ever. And, but it was spud break for those of you just tuning into the show. I am from <laughs> Shelly, which is potatousa.com. Literally. Amen. 
Yeah. And so uh, it started back when Shelley was still just a small, like, hamlet mm-hmm. of a town. And they needed their kids to harvest the spuds. So the schools were like, well, we're losing all of these kids. What's the point? So they closed the schools for a couple of weeks. Everybody gets out. And a lot of kids do work in the spuds. But there's, um, because of the area with which we live, there's not a shortage of children. No. That would work no. as members of the family. So, yes. Yeah, so, and then rounding the corner after spud harvest is spud day. Which I is yet to go to a spud We day. should go this year. Oh, you should. It's fun. You take the twins. I worked. I worked with a uh, an older lady, older than myself, which I'm getting pretty old. <laughs> and, and she loved. She was from the St. Anthony area, and she loved because that's how she got her coat for school and her new pair of shoes. Oh, so that? she so she was probably like doing that in the 40s. Yeah. So it was. Can you imagine that you would do that so you would have a pair of shoes to go to school? So I wonder about that, too, because I've heard stories of my like, grandparents talking about that same type of ideology of being like, I got to go work for this. I got to go. My grandpa used to pick up um, shell casings and then reset targets at the shooting mm-hmm. range in Shelly as a summer job. Turn yeah. money. Isn't, yeah. You know, I mean, kids worked so... I mean, in so many different ways mm-hmm. than what kids would do now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And is you know, it's like a multitude of reasons, right? There's not, well, the, the, the labor gap and like wage, the wealth gap is not quite what it was then. It's still pretty bad, but yeah. you didn't have to send your kids to work to feed everybody, but still some people have to do that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like right now, the things that were popular when you and I we're growing up are now popular again. 90s. Yeah. Oh my God. 90s. Can I just tell you my mom, every time something that comes back when I was a kid, my mom's voice comes back and haunts me. <laughs> oh. Cause she's like, you should keep that. Cause it's going to come back in style. And I'll be like, mm. I was like, nobody's going to want these ugly rompers again. Oh no. Sure as shit. They do. Yep. Oh no. I was cleaning out the basement and I found a Lisa Frank folder <gasps> from second grade. Holy shit. And I I was so proud of my little second grade self for being like, no, I want to keep this. Keep this. I can keep this because I like the pattern. And those are, they resell for quite a bit now. Yeah. yeah. I tucked it away in the pot- potential sell pile. What right? characters nice. does it have on it? Oh. Does it have the kittens? So one is the ballerina bunny. Oh. <gasps> And then one, the sec- I had two of them. One is, uh, no, it's the puppies. It's oh. the Labrador puppies. Oh, the classic yeah. Lisa Frank. Those I are know. classic. I know. And I know. There was a, uh, so, um, a, makeup, a makeup company put out a Lisa Frank pad. I can't remember. Oh, yes. yes. Lisa Frank palette. And I almost. I, yeah. Was it? Um, Morphe, color pop Morphe. or Morphe? Yeah, uh, yeah, it Morphe, was one of those. Morphe put it out, and oh, I was so. It was such a great. Is she still alive? I think so, but I think it's it's pretty. We'll look it up. We'll do that one in the curio corner because there's been like I've come across it on like TikTok and Instagram and different things of like there's like a she still owns all the licensing to Lisa Frank stuff, and there's like an area wow. somewhere in the United States that houses all of the Lisa Frank 
stuff and like firsts of almost every pattern. Let's I find think. this place. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredibly secretive. Yeah, and, and like she herself has not been photographed or interviewed in decades, like picture wise, forever. Lisa, They're if you're puppies. listening, Lisa. I know you're a fan of the show. We'd love to talk to We'd you. Love Swag to bag, talk please. To you. Yeah, puppies. Yeah, well, she had puppies. Well, but they were the and like whales, horses, unicorns, but it's tigers. Nostalgia. Well, and it's the '90s anthropomorphic. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Are we? Is this going to be the the 50s kitsch of this generation? Is going to be 90s kitsch? <gasps> oh, oh, I oh, bet you. Oh. Is that when the Beanie Babies are finally going to pull through? Oh, oh don't God. tell me that. We got rid of all of them. <laughs> yeah, I think my mom still has them. That's really depressing, Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to bring everything down. It's okay. I still have like the Burger King Disney cups. And really? I've got those. I know I've got those packed away. Those went with me to college. And I was, but I was like, "Oh, it's a f- so sorry. <laughs> it's sorry, a, it's sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's a free cup. I don't have to buy, you know, some extra. Oh, I've got those. Oh, what else do I have? Some Polly Pockets. I have. I have Sea World Trainer Barbie. Whoa! Like, I know. I've got those all like packed away. I just couldn't. And Kim was like. If I have to hear that squeaky whale one more time, like I remember the I'm whale. Cut your bangs in the tub. Well, I just, just <laughs> like, that was the threat. You said the whale, and I smelled the air that used to come out of the blowhole. Yes, in my nose. And the dolphin had a little trigger, a little. Yes, trigger, and it was, <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> but oh, see, it's just nostalgia. It's like kidhood nostalgia. Mm-hmm. For but me. now we all know how our parents felt when their styles came back, and we're like, well, when I was your age, I wore the same thing. Kim looks disgruntled. I'm trying to think if my style has ever come back. I mean, I grew up with the hippies, so that came it's back. having its moment. You think oh it's coming? Have you it's, seen they're things, much cleaner? Have you <laughs> have you seen things that kind of, like things that you grew up with that you see in like a shop or anything that you go like I cannot believe somebody's selling that for forty dollars? Have you ever come across that? I went. I always wonder yes. about that. My lunch lunch boxes. Yeah, like you know because. When I was going to school, junior high, because I walked home for lunch every day in elementary school. Was that when you guys lived over by Kate Curley? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have a hot lunch program. Right. So everybody left and everybody walked home and they all walked back. So isn't that crazy to think of that now? Yeah. So why and did you have a lunchbox? In junior high, I had a lunchbox. Oh, in box. junior high. Okay. Elementary. Yeah. Yeah. You did not. So my brothers, you know, they got the good stuff. They got the Roy Roger, you know, Gene, what's his face? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gene Autry. Yeah. Trigger. They, yeah. Buttermilk and they, Dale Evans. They, they got the cool lunch boxes, but I remember my mom because Holly Hobby kind of, she was kind mm-hmm. of part of my junior high existence mm-hmm. a little bit, seems like to me. And then there was the late the the girl with um, the puffy hair. Do you remember? Like they the, had kind of puffy. the bendable doll ones. Like yeah, that. and they they had their faces on the lunchbox, and they were like twinkle, twinkle, little star kind of things. I can't remember hmm. if they had a specific name. I'm gonna look it up. I, like I have a girls. like. I think that mid-century I might... modern kind of yeah. women. 
I have bewitched. a theory about Holly Hobby. Oh, bewitched, yeah. Was that mm-hmm. that person just didn't want to draw faces. So mm-hmm. they were just like, put a bonnet on that bitch. Mm-hmm. Turn her sideways. <laughs> Probably. Run with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's easier. My yeah. mom, we were going through stuff, speaking of Holly Hobby, and she has a quilt top or pattern or something that she has had since the late 70s. And she said to me, um, I wish that you would have a girl so I could make this quilt. And I went, just make the quilt, mom. I don't, also, no, I don't want your holly hobby. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I think I have some quilts that my great grandma made with that same little pattern. We were just going through the stuff at my grandma's house, speaking of patterns and things like that, just looking for stuff. And my grandma has like this full kitchen in the basement. We're pulling the cupboards open. And I found a fairy light and Ellie (gasps) Smith. Can't believe that. My first one, but we also found my mom's dolls from when she was a kid. Oh. The one we found specifically was the Chrissy doll, which is, and she was so excited to show me because the hair, it's the one where you pull the hair out and it grows and then you can reel it (gasps) back into her body. Yes. Remember that one? Yeah. So we found that and then we. Your mom and I are about the same age, I think. I think so. How old? Yeah. I'm just turned 68. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and she's. not. Yeah. Monday. Monday's your birthday? Was. Oh, happy belated belated birthday. birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. So she's 58. She'll be 60 in January. Oh, so I'm older. It's okay. But I remember the Chrissy doll. So she and my mom doesn't strike me as a doll person, but she still had the clothes and then she had the clothes that she made for the Chrissy doll. Oh, I was like, this is adorable. That is pretty cool. But it's uh, mm-hmm. like I'm just on that topic of like circling back to things that, you know, like that Chrissy doll right now is probably a resellable item for. <laughs> yeah. I would think so. A nice amount of money. And same with like the Lisa Frank things. We have a friend that's been selling stick. You remember the stickers you'd get at the doctor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been reselling those and has made a large sum. From reselling them in like mystery packs. <gasps> How cool! She like saved the big her round stickers. Ones? No, she's been so she's been going to just different places to find them, and she'll find them because like when old teachers retire, or different uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like the ones that are like scratch and sniff. Yes. Or the ones Kids that say like this. "good job," and they're like the little like quarter size stickers. You gave me a like bunch of those four when you quit. New packs of scratch and sniff. Wow. Yeah, we'll talk about that after because load that on. There's your vintage tip of the week. Uh, find some stickers, stickers out and about. <gasps> Look through your mom's stuff for stuff from our childhoods. My biggest regret when I was six years old, looking through the Sears catalog, Barbie in her, you know, zebra striped. Um, bathing suit, mm-hmm. hair in a ponytail. She wasn't even sold under the Mattel branch. She was sold through the Sears catalog. The first Barbie. And I said, I want one. And I got it for Christmas. My parents, I was six, six or seven. And oh man. So they got me the old vintage case that was kind of turquoise blue. And you opened it up oh. and it had a little closet and her little slide-on shoes, and you know, and the cat eye makeup, and her she had little gold beads in her ears and red lips, and I had her. And when I went to um, boarding school, 
I had gone over to my friend's house and taken her because we were still playing Barbies because, mm -hmm. you know, we were nerds. And <laughs> this is why I don't have a boyfriend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Reason and number one. Your mom's still still doing Barbies? You guys are still? She was probably playing Barbies at 17. <laughs> Which I who wouldn't? Very Let's cool. Be yeah, real. exactly. I was sad when I gave it up. And so... I was running late. My mom picked me up. She said, don't you want your case and your Barbies? And I said, I'll get them the next time I come over. And then I went to boarding school. And guess what? I never got them. I never got the original. And my mom had kept the box for a really long time. You know, she probably thought she would just reuse it for a gift box. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. Cause it was long with, you know, kind of this funny cellophane, you know, <laughs> anyway. So, so did she, did Edith just get rid of it? Yeah. She threw out the box eventually. <sighs> I'm sure. Cause this I, I went looking for it. Yeah. No longer there. Me out. I have student loans. <laughs> there you go. It's going to use Barbie. Yeah. You <laughs> could have paid for it. <laughs> now, big regret. I always think, why in the hell didn't I just go back and grab it? Right. And, yeah, and who knows? I'm sure my friend's mother probably thought, oh, gave it to Goodwill or DI. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like, it's like that hindsight's twenty twenty, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You get rid of, like, I've gone through my house, and since having the show, I'll be, like, donating or throwing stuff away, and I go, is somebody going to want to buy it in 30 years? Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched Hoarders last night and I was like, nope, I can't hold on to everything. It's, yeah. It's hard. I watched, it was this new season. It was the new season. Anyways, I haven't watched it in a long time, but it was like a, um, like the houses that are in like New England, right? The big mansions, colonial oh, kind of. Yeah. Newport. I've been there. But this one was in, um, was it Missouri? Mm -hmm. But it was a three story and a basement house and you couldn't get up the stairs from the third floor down was hoarded and they hauled 27 tons <gasps> out of the house that might be you emily that no Li okay <laughs> listen kim no where did i learn it from not Shots for me i throw shit. everything away i call bullshit on you because let's be real for the listeners, their house is immaculate. I just want that to be known. I know. There's, I was just going to say, I don't no, um, see any hoarding tendency. That's don't come because to my I house. throw it away. You, you should see her room. Every okay. Should cramp. we talk about the gift wrap closet? The gift wrap. The boxes. That's different. Ah! Gift wrap <laughs> is gift wrap. Ah! <laughs> gets a bag, and you know what she does? I'll catch her. I'll catch her, like, sizing it up, feeling the weight, being like, a regular bag or a just treasure bag? bag? Okay, all right. Any, all right. like paper bag with handles. Mm. It, it doesn't matter. The well, design. I don't like. I don't should, like it if it says Olive bag, Garden. Like, yeah. If it says Olive Garden on it, I don't like those. Gonna throw you it have away. three in the closet, Kim. Three. That say Alva Olive Garden. On yes, it? three. Oh. Okay, we can throw those. Oh, this away. will make a good tote bag. Yeah, yeah. That's my life. Oh, pause. Oh, Kim. <laughs> Um, Did you mute your phone? Maybe. I thought I had muted it. Uh, yep, there it is. Oh, I just want is. everybody to know that um, we didn't record the beginning of the podcast, but of this phone call because the phone was ringing. And um, she said, I can't talk right now. I'm in a podcast. And Jill almost spit her white claw across 
the dining room. Don't worry, I'm vaccinated. If it would have happened, we're back. Okay. Also, I think vac- um, White Claw is um, kills COVID. <gasps> You're telling me this now. Where was no, this, this info wrong. eight months ago? I don't want to be on the wrong side of TikTok, so I did not mean that. That's not what I meant. You know what? As long as people aren't eating horse warmer. I had one guy tell me if I took a bleach bath, I would have gotten rid of COVID. Good to know. Are you? Well, God. Half bleach, half water. Half? That's too high of a concentration. uh, One day ago, the FDA is begging you not to take horse dewormer for COVID-19. These are all... Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. And so it was funny. I went into Cal Ranch after hearing that, and there was no horse worm. <gasps> oh. oh, my I God. know. Now there's horses out there that are like, shit, I got worms. Horses and full of worms. No uh, yeah. Meds. I'm not saying that the wormer was gone due to the COVID response, but it was quite fishy. My I'm going to say the coincidence sus- is uncanny. Yeah, quite as the kids would say, sus. Sus. Very suspicious. With sus. Suspicious. Suspicious. It's from a video game. Is that the same as like up there with Chugi? Yeah. You're learning. What is Chugi? Oh, what is Chugi? Oh, God. <laughs> What's Chugi? What is Chugi? Okay. I'll, let's, I'm going to Google it. Emily, will you cover sus and I'll come back with Chugi? Yes. So okay, sus is just an abbreviation for suspicious. And it's from a video game. What, like, vi- what um, video game? I, can't, I did not know that. Oh, my God. Sam is, Sam is up. I just know when June's we used journey. to say, um, let's go get, let's go make some cheddar. Now it's, let's go make some bread. There you go. Mm-hmm. We just, we, we moved into more of a sandwich. Oh, thing. like the, like the breadwinner. Yeah. Or, hey. Or how it's now spill the tea. Yeah. And spill, spill the tea is a little more refined than spill the beans. Yeah. I will say true. that. I do. So sus comes from the game Among Us. And oh. Okay. So, Kim, the game Among Us is where everybody is kind of like undercover and one person is like the murderer. Mm. And so they'll say kind of sus, like somebody is suspect to be said murderer. It's it's an Agatha Christie murder mystery party, but online mm-hmm. and for children. Which my kids Ooh. really enjoyed. They were quite good at it. They would play against each other with all their friends. And then oh. one of them would always end up being the murderer. That sounds fun. Oh, let's get Kim on Among Us. Do you have to be a kid to play it? No, I don't Mm -hmm. think so. Download it for you before we leave. But I I just don't think you should talk to anybody in the game, just in case. Okay, I have the Chugi definition. So Chugi is generally used in a way to describe mostly white woman culture. And it is... Chugi is being out of touch with current trends, but still kind of thinking you're trending. Oh, God. So various things of Chugi would be like shiplap. Oh, would I be like wearing that. stuff that says like mama bear. No, I don't do that. Glitter tumblers. No, I don't do that. Kind of those things. So that's kind of where Joanna Chugi, Gainsey a little bit. Joanna Gainsey. Oh, that is Kim to a T. Oh, oh, no. You're getting too close to to home. I'm sorry. I, I did that. not make it up. I did not come up with Chugi. Chugi. TikTok did. Is it? It's a, It's an insult. Is it an insult? Yeah. It's oh. used like, it's kind of like, that's so Chugi. Like, that's not cool. Like, live, laugh, love stuff. Chugi. So Chugi. Chugs to the max. Chugi. Yes. Stars on the garage. Chug City. Chugi, Chug, Chugs. My gosh, I could name Digital photo frames. The nice, oh, no. the nice part about where we live is it's heavily populated by Chug. 
Yeah. So it's it's hard to hard to decipher here. Oh. So it's not your fault, Kim. Thank you. You, you were raised. You didn't fall in into it. the bad crowd. The bad I, crowd fell in. Yeah. I never was too sure about the you know um, writing on the wall out the of vinyl. vinyl. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the. Um, what was something else that was terrible in like the seventies that people did, and they were like, "Oof, why did we do that?" We love our family. Yeah, those <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah, um, yeah. There was I worked. Home is where the heart is. My very first job was at a floral shop. Slap. My mouth just stopped working. <laughs> floral shop. I said floral shop. I know. Yeah. Sorry. Floral shop, and it was also a vinyl distribution place right so people would come in and order custom vinyl and we would spend either our time weeding vinyl which is where you pick all the like o's center of the o's e's all that stuff out you'd weed it and then transfer it so they could transfer it or making boutonnieres for school dances (laughs) and it was like the amount of vinyl that churned out of that little store it was on everything i have i think Three signs in my house that I made while I worked there or were made as a gift. Get out. Yeah. Do you so, remember you put the little beads in the water and that? Oh, God. Grow? I still have a sack of those. <laughs> those are big on YouTube. Are they? There's people that like fill their pools with those. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So let me ask you this. They last a long time. Like <laughs> mine lasted three months. I couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> I always worried about them growing large amounts of mold. Probably like frog spawn. Yeah. I would take um, them and wash them. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd put a little Dawn soap in there. It's perfect. Yeah, and sponsor. So they were pretty sponsor, sparkly. Sponsor mothball prophecies, Dawn. I wait, really, we, Dawn. If are, you want to sponsor you the show, have, so let me ask: the hermit crab stations in the mall. Yes, Chugi. They still have those. No, not any longer. I'd but say. they, but they did for like about like five years ago. Because you had some. I never had, but I'm thinking like Tamagotchi. Oh yeah, nineties. Well, those are yeah. coming back. Yeah, and same I, with digital cameras. Re- I guess really? this episode is just the revisiting of <gasps> shit that we didn't think was going to sell Pol- for a lot. Polaroid cameras. Mm-hmm. Polaroids, I know they've been hot see, for a little while. I took Edith's old Polaroid because that was the digital camera of our generation. Yeah, yeah. and I've, nobody in town sells the film any longer. Yeah, so I came across can order it like scene TikTok. So. But it's kids now rediscovering what scene was and emulating it. And they're taking their selfies on digital cameras and old oh. phones. Oh, and I've never felt so personally attacked by my For You page. <laughs> but it was just like, it was, I have this um, girl that I work with who has just turned 20. Yeah. And I was doing her hair and she goes, she just kind of like looked at me in the mirror and then she like looked up at me. She was like, do you know what a coon stripe is? And I went, yes, I know what that is. I said, I had those. And I was like, do you want one in your hair? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I feel like I'm passing the Olympic torch to you right now. (laughs) So proud. So proud of you. Uh, For those of you that don't know, a coon stripe during the scene era was literally a platinum blonde piece of hair with black Mm. horizontal stripes. Yeah. Like a raccoon tail. tail. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, it was like, I was just like, it's. I just, I kind of, I hope that I stay aware of that as I age, of yeah. like l- being cognizant of stuff that's selling now. Oh, and you like should what, make a list. 
Oh, we should. You know, like what's selling now and just every year you can just in a good old spiral notebook. Like a time capsule of things. Yeah. Well, and I'm always interested to know like what the effect of fast fashion is going to have Mm -hmm. on things that are collectible. Because the only reason you find fashion from the 20s to the 70s was because of how it was made. And it's Mm -hmm. still hanging on. But I mean, I've had shirts that last me maybe two years. And then it's like, this is has to go in the garbage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a shirt that I had that I went to see Al Gore in Boise right after he lost the election with a shrub. And I still have it. Shrub. Is it a Gore shirt? Nope. It's just a regular shirt that I wore to the dinner, but I pull it out and think this shirt saw Al Gore. (laughs) I love that. True story. That's awesome. I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, It was. 90, what? Six? 94? No. Well, maybe. We'll fact check it. It's like people in the 90s are now entering their 30s, but to me... If I think of 30 years ago, I automatically go to the 70s. Mm-hmm. Which is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's what we did. Like we, so we'll do like patients like in their teenage years or whatever, and we'll put music on for them. So, you know, kind of chill. I'm like, what kind of music do you want? They're like, oh, you know, some classics. And I'm like, all right, like what kind of classics? I'm not really. They're like, you know, like Eminem and Dr. Dre. And I'm like, <gasps> that's not a classic. <laughs> you know, right? The like, old hits. Yeah. It's oh, interesting they what they consider classic versus Yeah. Yeah. Well now we're just feeling what our like I like oh, yeah. I said, it's like a, my parents are like that same welcome to my world and it's like mm-hmm. it's weird. It's weird. However, my mom when she was forty would never have two sleeves no. full of tattoos. So I still feel like I win. I'm waiting for the day that <laughs> you do. You tattoos do. drop cool in popularity too. again. And it's just like everybody's blank bodies walking around. I feel like that's coming. Mm-hmm. You feel like it's coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <gasps> like outside of Sam, I'm the only one in my group of friends that mm-hmm. have tattoos. Mm-hmm. Do you think Do you think that's more of a fear pain tolerance issue or do you feel like it's more cultural or social? No. I think it, well, a lot... I'm the only one that doesn't work at the INL. So I think that's part of it. Mm, got it. I know a lot of them have like commitment issues in a sense because they're like, I just don't know what I'd put on me. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think you can put anything on you. You get over that pretty quickly when yeah. you get tattooed. I know what I'd put on me. What? No. I would put, I well, I I think it'd be cool to do our my brand. Oh, our brand. Oh, that yeah. would yeah. be a family great brand. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And it wouldn't be very painful. That's an important part of getting a tattoo. No pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, if I were brave, for me, it is not cultural or social. I would be as tatted as you guys because you look fucking awesome. <laughs> but I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the needle or the pain or yeah. the unknown. Well, yeah. And that's the thing, too. I remember being, but when I was getting my first tattoo and I picked the worst spot, I picked my foot for my Ugh. first tattoo because I hate myself. But it was, it, it wasn't about the, um, like when I first got the first one, it was like the pain was pretty intense. And the guy first got tattooed by had a really heavy hand. But your arms are not that bad, really, at all. The outside of your arm, not an issue, like the top. Elbows get a little hairy. Inside of the arm gets real hairy. Yeah. Forearms, great, all the way around. See, my forearms, the top of my forearms, yeah. towards my wrist. Yeah, towards the like wrist. fire. Yeah. But mm. I also have a really high pain tolerance, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
And Me too. Yeah. And and some tattoo artists use um, topical numbing cream now. Mm. You have to be careful with some of that because it can disrupt the blood in the skin. Yeah. But there's been some tattoo artists have found some stuff that works great. And I got work done recently in a real painful spot on the back of my arm and over my elbow. Oh. And we numbed it because I said, I can't sit like I used to sit. And so we numbed it and I was able to sit for a really long time and only felt maybe a couple spots. Oh, how cool. Yeah, so, I fell wow. asleep during <gasps> mine. Because I just kind of, it's like that kind of sleep where you're like not asleep, but mm-hmm. you are. And then you jerk. And like, mm-hmm. she was like, hurrying and picked up her arm. I was like, sorry. Sorry. Fell asleep again. Sorry. <gasps> we had a good friend who was in World War II. And as he aged, the two sea anchors over mm-hmm. his pecs were like dropping to his belly button. And Emily actually saw that. So it may have frightened her <laughs> into thinking, because I said, little... see, if you get tattooed, that's what will happen mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. yeah. It was a good, it was a good form of birth control for tattoos. It, <laughs> for a while. Yeah, yeah for a definitely. while. Yeah. And now, I don't know, they just kind of become part of your story. Mm-hmm. And how they end up is how they end up. Mm-hmm. So uh, what one would you get? <laughs> oh on the spot no i can't say we have a tattoo artist here right now (laughs) i I can't say do whatever you want it's your it's your body and who you decide to show it to is your business Uh, No, but for the purposes of the show probably our family brand (laughs) i've always thought that would be great what if you got it in a place that you would brand a horse just to be very much on your shoulder your cheek do they brand a wait a minute you do have a cheek yeah yeah Yeah. you you can brand a horse kind of anywhere you want yeah, my grandfather's brand was an 11 and on the hardcore. jaw. Yeah. Seems yeah. Pretty. It hurts. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. I mean, they have a thick we've, skin, but we've, wow. we've, you know, we freeze brand some of them. You know, we have a special brand made out of it's like liquid nitrogen. Uh, no, <laughs> aluminum. I think it's made out of aluminum. I can't aluminum, remember how they're you made. put it in liquid nitrogen. Yeah. You have to be really, you know, you can't mess that one up. You can't mess any of them up. Like yeah. they'll look really bad. So, yeah. yeah, like you'll see, mu- you know, Mustangs with a Freeze brand. Mm-hmm. It's on their numbers. Neck, things. Next Do to they their look mane. different? A Freeze brand versus they're, a- they're white. So mm-hmm. like, they're white. Are a- they more hyper visible? Like mm-hmm. high visibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where sometimes like a regular horse brand, different colors of the hairs can eventually come back. Yeah, come over the top of it. Now there's a collection. You know, if you you know if you looked around, old brands mm-hmm. are wonderful. So cool. So and very, fun. I I would think very collectible, yeah, and hard to find because you know I know like we still have a brand from my grandfather, a branding iron that oh. he used. So, and um, other horse, old horse goody stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that you would you know bridles, tack bits. I mean, huge market for bits if you know what you're buying, you know. Yeah, because that's the, I, you know, we always say like every collection is a great collection, right? On this show, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be just antiques and vintage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're very true. There's been lots of places I've been into, whether it's somebody's cabin or somebody's house, where it is not uncommon to see farm items used <gasps> as decor, like yokes and mm-hmm. um, the bars that go in between horses that pull wagons. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a specific name for that. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Forgotten. That was 
that was pretty old stuff. And if something was going to come back around, I would think the Western look mm-hmm. and, you know, French country oh, will God. be, should be cycling back through. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Updated. Updated. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Ralph Lauren's Western look will be coming back. I know it. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. So be prepared, ladies. Start buying those old plates. With the brands on them. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) I don't want that to happen. Well, and Kim, because your family has been here for such a long time, and we touched on it in a previous episode with you guys. But I wanted to talk about, we talked about somebody on the show in Rebecca Piper's episode. We talked about mini hit. Oh, yeah. And we covered just a small portion. But where you work, and you don't have to say, there's a lot more information about mini hit that we didn't cover in that episode. Mm-hmm. So I would like to talk about a little bit about mini hit and her history in where we live. Cause it's really remarkable who she is as a woman uh, and what she did. And she was a woman so ahead of her time. I, I think it's incredible that she really hasn't had a book written about her. I'm right. sure there are a lot of um, snippets, but so I, I don't mind. I work at the Presbyterian Church, and the house on the corner, um, it is, I, it's part of the Idaho Falls his, Historical Society and Preservation. And um, we actually, the church actually uses it, you know, as a mission project right now. But Minnie and her husband um, bought that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or built it. I actually think they built it. Wow. And, um, in, so in later years, you know, she's, she's famous for, uh, her handshake as a banker. Her mom and her sister and she came west. I'm not sure from where. Mm-hmm. And, um, she got into banking and she loaned money on a handshake. And can you imagine? And, well, and somebody's word, right? She was well, and the fact that she was a woman, mm-hmm. and these old boy ranchers and farmers, and and well, and businessmen would go in and were not, um, you know, thinking, oh, this little woman, she doesn't know what she's doing, and uh, the fact that she was that well respected mm-hmm. to be considered really part of the business community. And especially banking back then, that was a big deal, you guys. You know, I think we take, no, I do. I think we take banking so for granted. But, you know, those were the days where you got all dressed up, you went down and you talked to your banker, you wrote checks and Mm. used debit card. Your bank is now an app. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that it was a big deal. And, And who you knew at the bank. And she also, um, my my grandmother would tell me that she would sit on her front porch and drink whiskey and wave at all the neighbors and chit chat in her later years. And, um, that she was a character all the way around. She wasn't very tall. Mm. She was beautiful. And she married, um, I remember, is this the husband that she married that had the tragic Frank? Frank. Uh-huh. Yep. Frank hit and you know there there were stories about 
he was uh, escorting a lady to the wedding, a wedding, and that was before he and Minnie were married. And um, I'm not really sure why this lady needed escorting, but her apparently her husband didn't appreciate it, and he shot Frank. Uh, several times, and Minnie jumped on the train and uh, took the train to Blackfoot, uh, apparently, threw wow. him on the train, brought him back, nursed him back to health, and they were married quickly. Mm. I want to say well, it within, it? you know, after he got on his feet, they were married. And he... um I want to say that he did some farming. I've, but from I'm what not I had positive. read, and whether it's speculation or not, that she jumped on the marriage so quickly because he was he had a lot of assets. He owed her. He owed the bank a lot of money. That's what I heard. Okay. Yes. That. So that, they were that he he'd been loaned money and she wasn't going to let him die. Now whether that's true or not, I don't really know. I know the museum has a lo- our museum of Idaho has a lovely collection. Yeah, of they have items like her coin her. purse mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. things like that. But mm-hmm. she, yeah, she was the first female banker in the state mm-hmm. of Idaho. To, to walk through the Hid House is really curious. I mean, it's been a lot of things. It's been like in my growing up days, it was called Harbor House, and that was it was kind of uh, for kids in transition, like taken you know that were taken away from their parents mm. and needed a place to stay for a little while and then it went through a couple of other stages but right now it's for families in transition so it's actually housing whole families wow. and yeah so you know um presbyterians you know really jumped right in there and um and it's it's really lovely, you know that it it's still many would be pleased mm-hmm. by all be. of that, yes, mm-hmm. because she was so community oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do these is it still have a lot of the original features on the inside of the house? Uh, surprisingly, it does. Wow. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of paint over them, but mm-hmm. uh, the kitchen was remodeled and not in this style. Uh, they really they had to update it to code, which you know, but. Yeah. You know the staircase and the parlor, and you can you can see remnants of it, definitely. So yeah. And how old is the Presbyterian Church? Because it's a beautiful building, also. Oh, we just had our hundred and thirtieth birthday. Wow. Was that what was today? Yeah. So so um, you know the walk through the church is kind of amazing. They have old photographs of. The columns were actually um, quarried in Boise, and they were, they called it freighting. You know, they literally were put on a wagon, pulled by mules, went across the Arco Desert. And wow. then it shows these guys putting they those been, up. Would they have been quarried by the prisoners at the old pen? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe. Oh, I, we should find that out. We should find that out. And uh, <sighs> we have like two huge stained glass memorial windows that you can't see because they have a bulletproof or, or shatterproof glass on the outside. So oh. you really have to come inside. 
but one of them was given in honor of all of the Presbyterian boys that went to World War One. It's all their names. It's very, has, very It cool. has all their names. Yeah. On the other window across from, and they're huge. I mean, they're two stories high, and they were, um, it's like hand-painted stained glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were made back east, and um, and the one across is uh, kind of a, uh, Jesus coming out of the tomb, and it was given in honor of Kate Scott. And actually, her grandson is still a member of our church. Who is Kate Scott? Uh, I think it's like uh, Kate Scott. I actually have this in a memory book. (laughs) That's at church. It's funny when we look it up. I can, no, you know what? I can find it. During church, I would, instead, if I was like, I'm supposed to be, I was supposed to be paying attention to the gospel, but sometimes my mind would wander and I'd read the names of the boys who had gone to World War One, and I would just imagine their stories, you know, like, who yeah. were they? Were, you, and, know, did, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't necessarily, they didn't die. Just who had I mean, gone, served. They just served. I mean, a lot of them came back, but yeah. So um, George M. Scott was born November 2nd, 1866 and passed away July 28th, 1940. On May 19, 19, 1891, so the year that that's we started the okay. church, was married to Kate Hardy, who was born March 10th, 1867. They arrived in Idaho Falls from Denver along with their son, Marshall Graham Scott. They became members of the Presbyterian Church. Mr. Scott served on the financial board of the church. Then he served as the Sunday school superintendent. Mrs. Scott was light, was a leading light and winsome spirit. Her sweet Christian influence has never been forgotten. After her sad and all too premature passing, the the life of Mr. Scott was silent was a silent, lonely life. Oh. In her name he had a memorial stained glass window installed in the church. It is located behind the choir loft. And here it is. We'll what she do? post that. What'd she do? She was just a, a she just, nice person. Just she's a nice her. person. So you can, like, Phil went over, Pastor Phil went over how much things cost in 1891. So the average week's salary was $14. Maybe you've got to get back in front of your microphone. $5 (laughs) of that was for food. and Like the pastoral allowance? No, this was just the regular average Joe on the street. Okay. That the average was about $14 a week. Five went basically for food. Kind of another five went for insurance, utilities, house, payment. And then you had $4 to have a whooping good time. <laughs> Go to the shoot so, gallery. But when you think of it, he I think the point he was trying to make, when people you know, built this church. They did a lot of bake sales. Right. They, you know, they put so much into it. And 
And it, like, we have the original pews, the original windows, the wow. original doors and stained glass. And, you know, and we built onto it because it was pretty much just kind of box size. Mm-hmm. And so the headed towards the hit house is all brand new. So you wow. can come over anytime. I'll show you I would you love to come take a tour mm-hmm. of that church because it's so beautiful. And it was modeled after the... It kind of goes into the, you know, the architect was East Coast, and um, it was meant to represent his Capitol building from his state, and wow. and it also looks kind of like the U.S. Senate building, national. That's ironic, because it's a church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's it's a beautiful, it's a iconic to Idaho Falls because mm-hmm. it's close to the tracks, which is where the town was built around. Right, we mm-hmm. know that, and so. The yeah. f- and the fact that it's still that building, the Methodist Church, mm-hmm. and the museum, what used to be the library, mm-hmm. the fact that they're all still so close to the, an original architectural design after, you know, how many years of influence? Well, and you know about the library, the lo- we have one of the few Carnegie, yeah. Car- Carnegie. Carnegie libraries. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's very cool in it, in it you know, so... I don't know the significance of that. Oh, so <gasps> Mr. Oh, Carnegie, yeah. no, you're good. way back when, donated all this money to rural towns to build libraries in Idaho wow. Falls. Got one. Like and it was also part of, um, oh, getting America back on track after the Great Depression. Yes. Um, it was uh, the one of the building projects. Oh, you know, the, remember men. the work corps that God, went in that after yeah. the Great Depression? Yeah. Um, Jim Francis would be so ashamed of me I right know. now. What was the, <laughs> oh, what the was that? American, you know, when all the guys joined like job corps only, yeah. that isn't what it was called. It would employ None your of them artists. are going to show up and like yell at you. Yeah. Oh, he is. He's so. our neighbor. He we'll might. check yeah. it. We'll see <laughs> what. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry, Jim. No, it's okay. You want to, let's cover that one in the, just because I'm interested to know the significance of that at that time. God, what was that? That, uh, not the New Deal. Well, that was kind of, yeah. And that's how, you know, he got everybody working. Yeah. uh, Roosevelt. You employed your artists and your construction workers. Yeah. I mean, and they built trails, you know, a lot of the trails, a lot of the Idaho, um, Fire watches. They just discussed that on Outdoor Idaho. You know, some of the lookout towers for yeah. fires were built back in the, you know, 30s and 40s. And, wow. Or 20s and 30s. 30s. Yeah. I'll get that right. Yeah. That's incredible. I had no idea. So, yeah. And like Pocatello doesn't have one. Mm-mm. And they were all kind of built on the same. The American New Deal. Yes. Yes. And oh, right. Works Progress Administration. Yes. The Works Progress mm-hmm. Administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you would go into train stations or you'd go into buildings and here were those great big murals. Oh. Yeah. They oh. were oh. Art, art and buildings, architecture to get people back to work. But they but they also did trails and, and roadways, ways, infrastructure. Uh, in, yeah. I mean, you know, the time we're living in right now, we're kind of repeating this same mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of uh, trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. Of what we are still very much in, but coming, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've adapted to mm-hmm. this new li- way of life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I've seen the uprising is is when you have 
nothing to latch onto. You latch onto art and beautiful things and yep. nature and mm-hmm. getting in touch with things that aren't related to capitalism, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way. What did you turn to, to engage yourself or to entertain yourself? Right. When you d- no longer had work to occupy you. Work or to go out and spend money. Right. Mm-hmm. I.e. the podcast. I.e. the podcast. Exhibit A. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> well, Kimmy, you have some show and tell items, I, I see. So there's there's about five or six items sitting in front of Kim, and I've seen a couple of them just because I'm over here a little bit, and I'm excited to hear the stories. We have a black kitty cat. I have to tell you a lot about the black kitty cat. I love this black It's one kitty of my cat. favorites. So my brother had this darling house on Maple Street, and he got a great job offer in Bozeman. So we moved up there and I was helping him clean it out. So the downstairs apartment was darling. They had these big like daylight basement for, and that house was probably built in the forties. So it was kind of way ahead of its time. Like it, it was just like, I always thought I would love to live in this apartment. And he moved out. I'm in the little tiny kitchen. Swear to God, kitchen, you know, about the size of a powder room bathroom. So these kit, these cabinets went all the way to the ceiling and they, they were original, these just lovely little scrolly doors. And so I open up the door and I climb up on the counter and I'm clear up and there's a pipe and I'm washing shelves. And I go clank. And behind the pipe, somebody went to the Ben Franklin store on Boulevard. Oh. And bought that for, I bet, a nickel and took it home and put it way up there because she's a creamer. And it had gotten behind this pipe and every other occupant of that house had missed her. Oh. I pulled her out and she was covered. She looked like a chia pet. And I thought, oh my God, I don't know if I can rescue her, but I did. And she probably is in my top five favorite things. But I mean, she's of absolutely no value, but look, there mm-hmm. is not one chip in that. Not yet. She's your kitty. beanie baby. Yeah. So I love her. And I tell Emily if anything happens to her, she's out of the will. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm in the will every mm-hmm. time I cut her hair. You so. are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, Unless you do something to the Except yeah, yeah, my darling never. daughter, I have to admit, three of these things. I was going to say, wait, this one? Or yeah. is there yeah. another one? Oh, no. What? Who? Emily? <laughs> Emily? It was before I the tried lobotomy? to adopt, but Possession. <laughs> we never cleared the house, you know, <laughs> thing when they come to check on us because Emily was lighting fires in the corner. <laughs> She's coming for you. Oh, my God. So, Em found the French go. desk calendar with the horse and... I love that because I just think of it like I watch, you know, um, Escape to the Chateau. Mm-hmm. Man, I can see that in an, a desk mm-hmm. and I, it's just, it's lovely. I love him. It's beautiful. Is it brass? Looks yeah, like the brass. detail on it's it heavy. is amazing. Yeah. Universal calendar. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me to watch Escape to the Chateau, <gasps> oh my God. I could buy, That's- I could upcharge. 
That's August. For my meal. That's August. That is in our French. That is and sea turnip. That is our Thursday. I. It's beautiful. We'll take. We'll have these posted because it you, is exquisite. You would clean. love her. You would love um, Angel's aesthetic. The way she has decorated a very huge building is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Really. Anyway, so I love him. I love him. Then I love this. The cocaine bottle. Uh, there's, yeah, snuff bottles. Could have Wait, what? No, no. <laughs> I think it was cocaine. Probably. She likes to I, imagine <laughs> the hardcore drugs. Snuff yeah. is not as hardcore as cocaine. Because no, opium. I can't no. see a lady. Because this came out. This was a lady. It came out of a bag. <laughs> it's a, a little girl. beaded bag with fringe. 20s. I can see lots of ladies doing cocaine. They yeah. had to keep a house clean. I mean, I don't, I can't see them really, you know, I mean, I know they, some use snuff, but I don't know about that. Oh. Anyway, I think it's cocaine. I love it. I mean, there's a little in the bottom. We could try it. Jill. Yeah, I mean, I might gateway. get my smell back. I, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's true. Oh. Burn the receptors back. Alternative well, methods. Absolutely. So this bottle that we're passing around is a reverse painted bottle. Yes. And these were made primarily in Asia, like Japan and China. Mm-hmm. And they were usually painted in reverse, right? Like, um, so they would start with the lighter colors mm-hmm. and then move or the, you know what I mean? But they would do it with like single hair oh, brushes. So mm-hmm. tiny. Yeah. If and the first time I saw one of these was actually in an antique study group. Oh, how cool. One of the members collects these and has a like 10 of them and that was my first introduction Mm -hmm. to these and i was like wow that is i i really that's really a prized possession emily i don't know if you've seen that so i'm gonna pass (laughs) it to you and i got these for my birthday these are crazy horse pins that um they're vintage and i mean they're they're like you would have put them on your collars oh, or, right. or oh, your hat. Yeah, like, look oh. how sharp those. What does that back say, Jill? Are pure vintage and pure cool. I got them from Mickey Teal's San Michelle. Oh, those yeah. are cool. So that's a brand new, really, you know, they're just a treat. Wow, they I love really how they have treat. like red enamel paint yeah. eyes. Uh-huh. Very cool. It's a little terrifying. It's getting Grey Gardens by the... I said that last episode, and mm-hmm. I will say it again. We are even more so Grey Gardens. Yeah, the pandemic, really. <laughs> We're changing our last name to Beale at okay. this point. <laughs> we right. thought of dressing up like him for Halloween. <laughs> Why haven't you? You should, but just be aware nobody would know who <laughs> you are when they'd come And to the, the people door. that do, you have to be ready to give them $1,000. Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> really? You just get some <laughs> Monopoly money. Yes. But- so this, this is like it's signed, it's French, and it was. This is an ashtray. This is no. This is a resort in France. It's a candy dish or oh, a soap dish. Cute. Oh. We were trying to figure out, but he is. He has one little chip. My brother found him, and I love this little guy a lot. And it's yeah, it's this little ceramic horse. Like hand painted, yeah, mm-hmm. super cute. Isn't it cute? I would. This would totally be something I'd pick up at the thrift store and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I like you." So I actually yeah. looked him up about four years ago, and he was valued at one hundred and twenty-five dollar. I so, believe it. So I think for a five buck, five, yeah. 
He too yeah. good. Not too bad. Yeah. Five doll hairs. So, and one of the last things, I love this. My mom and dad went to Europe on a people-to-people tour for mm. the light horse industry in 1967. They went to Russia. Was that when your mom, like, tried to punch somebody in the face? Oh, it was the guy she was dancing with. She yeah. was going to punch him? No. <laughs> he he had been dancing with a diplomat's wife, oh. and the diplomat took exception to that. Mm. So this came off of one of the flights in Germany. Oh, cute. Oh, so it was cream for your coffee. It's and a wee little creamer. So think mm-hmm. how old that puppy tall. is, and it sat in the window ledge in the kitchen forever. It's a stupid little idiot I of mean, a creamer. It is. Like, isn't it funny? Oh, come on, airlines, bring these back. I right? know. It's oh. like it holds the equivalent amount of cream as like two of the little yeah. creamers yeah. that you get at a diner. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. she and she that tucked personalization that, aspect. She tucked oh, that in. My mom tucked it in her purse. Wienerwald. She, she was all. We also have a big collection of stir sticks. You know, we have some oh. from the old Stardust oh, we'll show you. in uh, like Las Vegas back in the sixties. Those are very popular you know? right and now. And Western Airlines stir wow. sticks. I know we're big drinkers. Wienerwald. Okay. Wienerwald. I. Yeah, I saw we were like, I'm sure it was because they yeah. went they went to West Germany. You know, they were in West Berlin, so oh, remember wow. West yeah. Berlin was oh. West and East. And we have a great picture of my dad on a watchtower looking over the Ber- Berlin Wall, wow. like Whoa. in his cowboy hat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where it is. Everybody's looking at me like, so what is that? Who's that guy? They were all the looking hat. at the cowboy, and he was looking at the wall. Right. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, so funny, <laughs> Emily. You've been collecting a little bit more over the last year too. Yeah. What are some things that you found? We've run into at a couple of sales. We have some pictures. Yes. yes. We'll have yes, to post them. But Can what I? are some? You've. I've been mean, every time I run in, I'm like, oh shit! You found good stuff before we did. Yes. And I'm always Whenever. like, how'd you? Where'd you? Uh, what? Can I tell you? Mm-hmm. I think my spirit guides have been guiding me through estate sales. Oh. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> so. I have been having these hauls or I've been having, I'll find these things. And a month or two months later, they, what I find comes back into my life as a sign. It's insane. So like I'm talking to this super nice, charming, wonderful guy. And I had just gone to an estate sale two months ago. It was one of Linda's Mm -hmm. wild hair down in Pocatello and it was the old antique. Oh, the big one outside. Yeah, the big uh-huh. one outside. Oh, yeah. And in my find here I find an old like 1940s fold out map of like Miami this Florida wow. map and then I find one of the souvenir pillowcases Yellowstone. Oh, I love those. Lo and behold, this cute, wonderful, charming guy I'm talking to is from Florida and is currently working in Yellowstone. Whoa. I know. And it has happened more times than not that I have things that I have found are coming back as signs. So honestly, I'm just kind of what open. You're like the vintage That's So Raven? A little bit. Oh. A little bit. Wow. It's been very interesting this past summer and spring. 
because things just kind of sing to me or oh, I pick it up gosh. and I go, oh, this is really fun. And then they are coming back to play. Ooh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I know. Oh, wanna, I'm super excited. This just made me think of it. You want to hear my creepy other side of vintage thing that's been happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So last year when we started the podcast, my dad's mom died. Yeah. My grandmother from COVID. And we were not close. She was not a particularly nice person. And this past weekend, there was a reunion, and my one aunt brought what was left of my grandmother's stuff yeah. to for everybody to go through. And I wasn't there, and I was like, well, it's FaceTime me or something so I could pick some stuff. So they FaceTime me, and I pick some stuff out, and I have had this stuff in my house now for a week. The first night that everything was in my house, the picture frame that has like a bunch of like still shots of my grandmother, they had like these like photos done her and my grandpa and i've only ever seen my grandpa's versions of them yeah we're gonna like glamour shots in their house like black and white sepia tone yeah and then i got the ones of my grandmother which i was like okay i'll hold on to them that night they fell off of the table and mm-hmm. the glass shattered and the frame broke <gasps> and i was like okay so i like put the glass away through it yada yada Today, I was in my kitchen with my son, and we were processing green beans to freeze them. And I had this reverse-painted mirror hanging above another mirror, and the string broke. Okay, so it's okay. So there's this, like, you know the metal cabinets that are from the 50s, right? The little ones that you would use as extra counter space. Yes. So it's that. And I had sitting on top of it, I have girly candles, two paper mache Christmas decorations, Two milk glass candlesticks that were getting ready to go to the basement. Yeah. And a plate from my grandmother's house. And as I'm sitting there with my son, the string on that mirror that has hung above that other mirror for a year and a half or two years broke. (gasps) And the only thing it broke was that plate in the (gasps) middle of it. It didn't break the whole plate. It only broke. No, it's like a circle right in the middle of the plate. No. And it happened and I started shaking. And I called my other aunt and I was like, I, I think I have to get grandma's stuff out of my house. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Because of just weird. And then yeah. my son, who is. She, she's not happy. Though. Will be. He'll be four, right? Yeah. He's standing on the other side of the chair from me and he goes, mom. Oh, God. There's a ghost in the kitchen. Oh, God. And I went and I just kind of looked at him and I was like, okay. I was like, where is it? <laughs> and he didn't. He wouldn't turn around. He was just like behind me. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And so I just, I'm like, well, what does a ghost look like? And what is this? And he had like, didn't have his own words to describe it. But he has done that over the last week, like two or three days in a row. (gasps) Girl, you get yourself some sage. I was just like, (laughs) (gasps) I saw a message spell check. And I was like, how do I get this? Like, what do I need to do? Do I just have to get rid of this? Or is there like a some something? But it was just too many things like in a row for it to be. No. And I've, I don't the know. pictures falling. Yes. And I've noticed I mean, just a little bit of a shift. Yeah. And then when I called somebody, he they said, well, maybe it's your grandpa telling your grandma to get out of your house. Like the opposite. My mom's maybe. dad. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, I, I get the, the vintage, like the, I don't buy stuff that I like pick it up and it feels... Interesting. No, yes. Yeah. It'll yeah. feel heavy yeah. to me. Like, yeah. I don't I don't need this. Mm-hmm. It, somebody else needs this. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. It's yeah. so I it has happened and I will I've been finding those funny souvenir plates in all shapes and sizes. And I picked up one 
because oh my god i loved it it was from roswell nevada Mm -hmm. all places and the next week my friends say oh no we're moving to nevada it's just it's i'm going for things that i usually would not go for and they are coming back in my it's it's been exciting but it's been very weird so i can't say that i've been on like the lookout for anything in particular Mm. it's just kind of what's speaking to me Mm -hmm. at the moment and that's been jill and i went and dug through a house a couple weeks ago and it was very much that same feeling of like there was lots of stuff we found that we know you know does this or does that or is worth this or worth that Mm -hmm. and we both were just strictly picking stuff that felt like it had to come we had to like save it out of the house because they were literally taking boxes and boxes either to the garbage or to the to donate (gasps) oh good lord yeah he had told us because it was the realtor Mm -hmm. who let us in because it was he was going through whatever yeah dustin hawkins he's local yeah yeah dustin hawkins he was great and uh yeah he was awesome he called us and um it was funny too because he was there to sell the furniture and we're like oh we're not interested in furniture what Mm -hmm. about this other stuff because the listings had a state sale yeah oh and I had already been through the house. This is the house I talked about like the, the recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, well, let me call and see. So we called the um, son and the son was like, yeah, just, you know, don't take anything. There was a table that had stuff on it that he didn't want anybody to touch. And there was a section in the garage. Mm-hmm. And we're like, cool, that's fine. We totally get it. And uh, <laughs> the guy's like, well, I don't have much time. He seemed pretty annoyed yeah. with having to do this for this. Yeah. And we're like, well, how much time do you have? He's like, 15 minutes. I was like, that's all we need. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, a woman came to look at the furniture. And ended up buying almost all of it. Yeah. Really? And so that bought us another 20 minutes. <gasps> and so Sam and I are just like hurrying and going through. Well, we had found like personal pictures of like, when uh, the father of the house was in the military mm-hmm. and oh, like all pictures and like school pictures and all this. Mm-hmm. And so as we're finding, we're like, here, we found this, like we here, we found this. And it's like, if we didn't find those, mm-hmm. those would have been tossed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were in strange places. They were like oh, random so all over. And so they had a box full of linen. So we picked through that. And then Sam's like, Oh man, there was clothes. They had clothes. There was one closet and Melissa had pulled a bunch of stuff out of it. And it was like literally things from the 30s to the 70s. And it was a full closet. And so the first thing I did when we got in the house was I headed to the back bedroom and I opened it and my heart sank because it was all gone. And he had just said, he's like, yeah, he's been taking stuff to the DI for like weeks now. And we're like, ah. Mm -hmm. And so we were like looking and it was the last box we looked in. Mm -hmm. And Sam just. Because the boxes were out of my radar. Yeah, because they were closed, so it was just like... It, don't look in the boxes. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck, they're going to donate this. Look in the box. Look, just do it. And I pulled the box open. Yeah. And we pulled out one coat, mm-hmm. a women's coat. They were a women's coat. And we pulled out another one. And Sam's like, we're just going to take the whole thing. Yeah. Pulled out two coats and I went and put them back. Yeah. We're going to buy the whole box. So we moved. And it's like, it was like the dishwasher size um, Home Depot box. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. And wow. the other one was the same. We should have bought in that box I know. too. But anyways, because <laughs> uh, I had pulled out a sweater and another coat. It was like a that black, like, like minky, mm-hmm. like pattern, like Chanel. It's like that crushed velvet, but it's not velvet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. And so, and then we brought it to my girl. <laughs> We had both my car and Sam's mm-hmm. car like 
packed to the gills. Oh, how cool! And so we're like, okay, well, we'll go to my house and we'll lay everything out in the garage. My husband, mm-hmm. he's in the backyard mowing the lawn, and I was like, shit, he doesn't know we're here. He doesn't know we're fine. It felt like we were sneaking alcohol yes, into a parent's house. It feels house. like we were doing bad things, and Dad was going to turn around. Uh-huh. I said, I'll come and I'll help soften the blow of this amount of vintage showing up at your house. Oh, yeah. So but you, you were sorting it. Yeah, you didn't yes. really intend to. Because we everything. weren't, yeah, no, yeah. we weren't intending to keep everything, but we went through it and we found like, like the stuff we found, it mm-hmm. was just like, holy shit, like somebody was going to throw this away. Mm-hmm. And like, <gasps> so the box was full of dress shirts, like, mm-hmm. um, and then we found what, four coats, five or six. We had five total coats mm-hmm. and every single one of them fit me and Sam. Yeah. <gasps> they fit me. And I'm like plus size. Like the fact that no, I. What I'm amazed at is that you would find, you know, right. I mean, that's right. a real crapshoot when yeah. you just grab a box. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, if you sometimes find a pair of well, shoes. Yeah, because yeah. we literally yeah. only went two coats deep. We did not look through the entire box before we bought it. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Nice, and, and really nice. And nice one coat. of them was a wool coat. It's a black with, uh, beaver uh, like collar. Tassels, oh, like tassels. Oh, mm-hmm. how cool! And then two. Oh. Um, wow. Gosh, there's one. Matter. There's two tweed. Yeah, I yeah, a pink and a orangey tweed, <gasps> and then a black and white tweed. And then the one I kept and is like this beautiful sage green yes. with a Peter Pan collar. <gasps> so pretty. And it was that me and this woman I must love have Peter been. Pan like the same height, same arm length. Like the coats are tailored to my arm length. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. And they, I put them on and I looked straight at Jill. And the dance we did in your garage was very <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I... Well, I want to see pictures. That was about yeah. the time my husband turned around, too. And he was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, vintage coats that fit us. <laughs> and he was like... And we had a tarp in the middle of the garage. Yeah. <gasps> with all this stuff. I am so jealous. Yeah. Ton. It was. It is. It's in, that is super curious. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the fact that like, I, I found the sale, it was Melissa's birthday, and I saw it on Facebook, and there was no pictures. It just said, estate sale, everything has to go. And so I always I do what I do, and I look up the house on Google Maps. Yeah. Who's surprised? <laughs> and I was like, was the whole, it was over on Homer, like over in that area yeah. oh, okay. behind Baskin Robbins. Yeah. yeah. It's an old neighborhood. Yeah. And I looked up the house on Google Maps and the front of the house was covered in the cedar bushes. Could not see the front of the house. And mm. I went, I just got a good feeling about this. <laughs> oh, I got a cool. good feeling. And the first day we went, there was only five or six people there. They were only doing it for a couple of hours. And nothing was priced. So it was really, you didn't know like what you were, if you were bringing stuff out and then they were going to be like, well, that's going to be $500. Yeah. It was not. So it was, uh, yeah, I, I say it on the show. Jill says it too. It's like, I firmly believe that vintage finds where it's supposed to live. Yes. If I buy something that is not my taste mm-hmm. or my collection, I know that it's going to end up like, mm-hmm. for instance, today, somebody bought some fridges at a flea market mm-hmm. and two of them are missing lids guess how many extra fridgy lids i have two, two exactly <laughs> but it's like it's that kind of thing that always happens it's yeah. like oh i have this or well the we did it the when we were going through the stuff to sell i had bought these stupid little idiots mm-hmm. that were like kitschy 
salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. And Sam's like, I can't let these go. They have to come with me. I'll yeah. buy them from you. And I was like, okay. And then she pulls out these two brass pheasants, <laughs> male and female. And I just hold them and I just looked at it and I was like, tradesies? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to come home with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. it I, I am with you. Mm-hmm. The vintage fairies, mm-hmm. they place and find you things that yeah. are meant to be yours. Mm-hmm. Just like cats. Cats mm-hmm. always pick their own. Not that particular they cat. They do. That cat can go. Not down. Felix. Mm. I don't want to fight with him. All right. <laughs> I don't without fight with further him. ado, Ugh. let's get into my favorite part of the show, but. <gasps> This one's framed differently, right? We've been here before. We've done an estate sale walkthrough. You guys are part of the, some of the first ones, right? Yeah. So I was um, getting ready for our sale today, and I was like, how can I make this good? Because I, I burned a lot of good ones. That was my fault. I, I was like, how can I make this good? Because I was like, I burned through a lot of great stuff in the last one, and it was really a beautiful estate sale walkthrough. <laughs> the toot toot. And... Um, <laughs> I was like, how do, how do oh. I top that? Yeah, yeah. And then I went, I make them pick for the other person. Oh. So I texted did. Kim and I texted Emily this morning and I said, send me some stuff that the other one can't say no to. And I got some things. So this is written for each of you, but Jill and I will also answer. Oh, Because okay. Jill doesn't know. Jill never knows when we go into this. For those no. of you that are new to the show. And Jill loves this. I she loves it. it so much. <laughs> so much. Every nice. week. Here at the Mothball Prophecies, we do an imaginary estate sale walkthrough. The items are very real, but the scenarios are made up. And it is made to uh, pit the guest against their own favorite vintage. They have to pick one or the other. They're responsible for their own loopholes. Are we ready? Challenge accepted. So what do you think I told them? What do you think I told them about you? What do you think I told them about you? Oh, I'll have to spill that after. I'm going to say it after we do this. Because if you don't get it from let's the questions. See. Let's All right, let's, we, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's do see it. see how, how okay. well we know each other. Okay. So we're, we are not, we have gone shopping and picked items, okay, for okay. the other person. We're not at a traditional estate sale. Oh. We're sitting across the table like this, <laughs> making each other pick. And the other one we're just going to smash on the ground. <laughs> oh. Sure, why not? Let's Whoa! add that. Who this are just you? Became high Fear stakes. Factor. All right. Fear factor. First up, Kimmy. This yes. is for you. Okay. You can choose between a Fisher Price rolling gumball popper from the 50s, one of the original ones, mm-hmm. or a miniature tin play kitchen. Miniature tin yeah. play kitchen. I would have said she would have gone with the miniature play wow. kitchen. Yeah. What about you? Which would you Not pick from that? Not even hesitation. I would say miniature play kitchen. Yes. Hell no, I'd go with the popper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did this last time. We were all opposite. Mm-hmm. I would go. Uh, who's surprised? The play kitchen. Adele. Yeah, the play that, kitchen. Okay. Oh, good. Nothing got smashed. Nothing Yay! got smashed. <laughs> Nothing got smashed. Emily. Yes. Would you choose between vintage Bakelite earrings... In your favorite color, oh. or a vintage Art Deco necklace, like a bib oh. necklace. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Kim oh. is please chuffed to bits. That right was a she is good like, one, Mom. You know me well. I'm. I know oh, how big. I know. Are, how, how big? I know are, what you're going to okay, say. Okay, okay, that's great. <laughs> Let me down. Just kidding. Um, how big are the Bakelite earrings? As big as um, you want them to be. As Perfect big, size. As big as I want them to be. Yeah. I'm going to go with the necklace. I'm going to go with the necklace. I knew it. 
I knew it. <laughs> I knew it'd be the necklace. Knew K- it. Kimmy, what are you picking? Uh, I would go with the earrings because I'm not a necklace person. Okay. I'm her only child. When she dies, I get them. So it's oh, good. So I yeah. get both the best for yeah, yeah. her. Yeah. Both you guys have your loophole I've figured out. I've got great ones, ah, but I'm an earring person. Jilly? Uh, necklace, because I don't have my ears pierced. Mm. What? I can't. They get infected. Great. If you have a, a break noise, <laughs> can you insert a break noise right there? <laughs> I do not know that. Yeah. That's the whole reason I don't wear. I love wearing earrings, but oh. I can't. <gasps> do, can you wear clip-ons? Uh, no. Like infected because you don't wash them and keep oh them anesthetically. No, she's a nurse. <laughs> I would alcohol them. I'd alcohol the shit out of them. I'd al- I'd like one time I soaked my ear in like peroxide before I put my earring in. No, wow. I can pierce everything else on my body though, but not but that. my ears. How wow. interesting. That's curious. So I'm going to guess by default you're picking the necklace. Yeah. Although I don't think I've ever seen Jill wear jewelry. I wear earrings. Or I wear like rings and bracelets. Like you're just going to lie to us again on the podcast? <laughs> I can't leave Not the house. Not today, but. House without a bracelet she, on. Kim is Natalie Wood. Oh, I have, she can, she I've is. been known to get down the street uh-huh. and go fuck and uh-huh. make a U-turn Circle and back. back. She and will not one. leave without a bracelet. Yeah. And I'll just get a text. Run me out a bracelet. And I'm like, well, which one? Just in, I just need a bracelet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm I like, can't I wear things on my wrist. I'm like, okay, I can't. Natalie. Yeah. Oh, see. Yeah. I can wear my watch. Funny. I wear my watch, but see, I love watches, but I can't wear them. But I love them. I would collect them, and I just love to. I love them, but I can't. I won't wear one. I get it. Anxiety inducing. I it yeah. Is. Time like the yeah. reminder of time, time, time. Mm-hmm. So well, I always know what time it is. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick um, because my hair is short right now. And one of my favorite things to pair with short hair is large vintage earrings. Nice. Um, That is my go-to. That was a good one. That was hard. Mm -hmm. Also, when I wear necklaces at work because I wear an apron, it just sometimes covers it up. So if it's not like a Mm. higher, and then also that just starts to freak me out during the day. Like I'm going to, my head's going to fall off or something. (laughs) All right. Last one is a general Mm. term. This is for everybody. And I'm sorry. So the last one, we have a collection of vintage watercolor paintings. Do you choose the watercolor paintings of horses and ranch life and things like that? Or do you choose more of like animal ones like corgis, kitties, meadow type things? Meadow. Calling it. Charlie Russell. It's there. Yep. It's mine. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, come on. You'd go for the black velvet dogs playing poker. I just know it. Except for these are watercolors. Except for that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) I would would have to say the horses. Mm -hmm. I would have to say the horses. Okay. It's a good choice. Yeah, but also. I could be in the Western ones. I don't know, but now I'm thinking of like the landscapes, the mm-hmm. meadows. With a I little would... corgi butt running through some daisies? No. no. Just a teensy one? No. No, it's not going to do that. says it for me. Whoa. No. See, now I would, I, can I tell you actually, I think I would leave the watercolors and go for the vintage mushroom, like ceramic cookie jars. Oh, very mushroom <laughs> stuff. Yeah. 
I've I've just I've recently discovered I'm cottage core as fuck. Okay, Kim. <laughs> you would you would? Cottage core? Yeah. Are you sure you're my daughter? Like in green and orange? No, you not look that like one. you're you look like uh, you're two shades. Are you talking away about the it? green and orange Mary mushrooms or the the Sears orange and red Mary mushrooms? Ooh, no, red and orange. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, like okay. mushroom clumps. We're gonna do it on the spot. We're gonna do an addition. <laughs> okay. You're in Thanks. a kitchen full of Mary Mushroom. Do you choose the Mary Mushroom canisters or the Mary Mushroom spices? Run Two away. Run away. Run away. Quickly. Spices. Run away. I would say spices. Spices? Oh. Yeah. Neither. Neither for you. You're going to smash them with a baseball bat while you're in there? Yeah. I think it's Where be- is it? I think it's because it was too, <laughs> too, too, close. too close to home yeah. during when she was first married and on her own as an adult. No, I never had that when I was first married. I know, but it Ever. was all around you. I don't care. I didn't have it. <laughs> I was classy. Oh, ooh, claws are coming out. Whoa. I no, I mean, if, you, if that's what you Mary like. Fight. If you collect Mary Mushroom, we still, we still like you. We just won't tell Kim anymore. Yeah. If you it's like me, it, I'm not, I'm not judging. <laughs> but she is a little bit. This is a judge zone, free zone. I mean, what color do you paint your walls with them? Cream. You have them? A neutral color. Brown. Everything was brown. Brown with paneling. Or orange. Yeah. Green. Green. Yellow. See, I had those. I had the old Pyrex, you know, that were that. The kind of folksy American design that. Oh, it was like brown rolls. Corningware had it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of. Which I gave away foolishly. Speaking oh, of I patterns know. and quilts, mm-hmm. have you ever been to Johnny Sack's house? Who is that? What? In I- Island Park, West Yellowstone area. No. no. Oh, my God. So Johnny Sachs was a German immigrant who must have learned carpentry while in Europe. He came over, I believe he was only like four foot nine, four foot ten. Yeah, I, wow. I know. And... They had at the portion of the time where you could, it was at this point when you could, you know, lease parcels of land from the government Oh yeah, and you could build your own cabin, your own residence on the spot. And he was just kind of this, no bullshit. I'm staying. And they said, well, you can't live here during the winter. And he said, watch me. And it's this beautiful cabin. But it is it is mite size. Wow. It is proportionate. But he had he had must have learned quilting from a woman in the family because all the floors are a quilt <gasps> pattern, like <gasps> hand laid. Shut up. He made everything in the cabin. Is it like it's like a museum now? Yeah, you can go road trip. Yeah, you can go now, yeah. and they just they have somebody at the cabin all the time during the summer. Yeah, who gives you a little tour and explains. Wow. And he is buried in Ashton, Idaho, and never married, and was just kind of this little curmudgeon who was like, wow. this is my paradise. Emphasis but the house is beautiful. <laughs> good rest home. <laughs> it's the difference between the good peas or the bad peas. And mashed potatoes. Oh Canned God. peas are frozen, right? I'm going to drop you off on a, like a corner. <laughs> Just with a sign around your neck that says, good luck. <laughs> well, Emily... 
Kim. Yes. <laughs> Thank you both so much for sitting down just again. I needed this at the end of this week. This, this was has been, very fun as usual. I always enjoy <laughs> spending time with you guys. We love, I love listening to the Mothball Prophecies. Thank you. Highly Thank recommend. You. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I just can't believe you wanted us back. We love I know. It. Thank you. I'm ready. It's We're going to so want fun. you back next year. Too. Oh, boy. We'll do this every year on the anniversary. Oh, yeah. yeah. And let's yeah. see what let's see what our little vintage spirit let's guides have happened. placed oh, in our way. Our yeah. Wow. Yes. To hear even more about the things we covered today in Kim and Emily's episode, stick around for this week's Curio Corner. Sitting down with the Kwamis again. I see, I see Kim every three weeks, right? So I'm never really out mm-hmm. of touch with the Kwamis. Yeah. But sitting down with them in their house always feels just like a warm hug. It's like, I, yeah, that's a really good way to explain it. I love going over there and they're just, they're both just so funny in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Like both Kim and Emily told me like not at the same time, <laughs> but they both were like, are you sure you want to interview us again? I just don't think we're interesting enough. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, as we were leading up to it, I think I saw Kim right before we did the interview. No, right a couple weeks before and then right after, because you were getting your hair done at the same time. And um, I, she said the same thing leading up to every time she would sit down, she go, I just, are you sure? We don't want to put you guys out. It's really no big thing. And we're like, no, it's so fun. And their banter, back and forth and you oh, hear it in this interview yeah and i told him i was like you guys are the best because you do half our job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like we don't even have to say anything and yeah. you just like are doing it and it, so it was just it was nice we had um come out of a little bit of a rough august so it was really nice to sit down with them and just talk and then this hilarious thing happened where they have this cat they have two, a couple cats and <laughs> they had been mia for most of the interview and we were sitting down and then the cat just jumps on the table and there's all their recording equipment. It's a large dining room table, mm-hmm. but Kim and Emily are beside themselves with the cat. That's like, and they're just like, he knows what he's doing and he knows the rules of the house and he's very clearly broken them. So it was, yeah. I have a picture of it on my phone. I pulled my phone out and took a couple of different pictures of just the little <laughs> bit of chaos that happened. So I think I'll probably share those um, on the Instagram later this week and probably here on Patreon. But wow. No, but- it was so funny because Emily was like, get off. And Kim's like, it's okay. He's okay. And she's like, she's mom, like, no, we have company. This is <laughs> unacceptable when there's people. And it was... We said it in their first interview, and I will I will say the same statement again, that they are the reincarnation of Grey Gardens in the very best way. Little Edie and her mother, I just... I know, they're just seriously the best. I wish that I could have like a GoPro attached to my head as we walk yeah. around their house, because their collections in that house... They are so put together. Tidy people. Like... I, well, did you pick, it was you pick something up and then something fell. Oh God. And I wanted to die. <laughs> We're just like, hands, hands here. And then they just started laughing like, no, it's okay. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to back out. I'm just going to back out of the room. And we, I, so, I, oh God bless both of them. I love them so much. Um, and there, I plant um, their backyard flower 
garden area and then I planted a front one this year. So it was nice to kind of revisit those at the end of the season to see what was going on. Um, but we didn't cover too terribly many things in related to antiques um, and vintage this week, but we talked about a couple of specific places, one being where I am from. We talk about yes. Shelly in this episode. And that is where I, I've said it a million times on the show. It's where my family settled when they came from Sweden. My family has been there for over a hundred years. And it is a little hamlet that is kind of going to be turning into something that's not so little of a hamlet. Here shortly, there's been a lot of uh, farmers selling their farmland there. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, probably potatoes, if you're wondering. So the town I'm from, the main agricultural crop of the town is a russet potato or potatoes in general. The high school mascot is a Shelly Russet. Yes, I was a mascot in high school. Okay, I don't have pictures, so don't ask. Oh, you don't? You have to have pictures. There's a story behind it, and I won't name any names, but I feel like it should be public knowledge. When I was mascot, it was an elected position rather than something you ran for with the cheerleaders. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. It was a student body uh, thing, which I mean, kind of makes sense. So like I wanted to learn the cheers, but certain people didn't want me to learn the cheers if you catch them adrift. Bitches. So I just had so much fun because you're just, uh, you're, I was a giant anthropomorphic spud. This is where my love for anthropomorphic things comes from. We it's found true. it. We it found it. <laughs> so it was, and the mascot costume I wore was a big velvet sack that was made the year I was born. So when I wore it, this costume was 16 years old. And it was a russet king. So it had this big, I'm not, it was probably cardboard or like something. Okay. So this big round circle that sat on my head and there was a big velvet crown like with gold. And there was, this is kind of a little PTSD. It had these straps that I tied under my chin to keep the head on, two armholes that I'd put my arms through, and then an elastic thigh band that kept it around my thighs. <laughs> so I wore a black Under Armour top. So I'd have black, you know, coming oh, out, man. black mm-hmm. pants and white K-Swiss shoes. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. And there was nowhere to set my water bottle to take an accessible drink because I couldn't drink through the mouth of the thing. So I kept my water bottle in the the, the thigh scrunchie. So I would literally, <laughs> when I would take a drink, I'd like pull my arms in through the holes and then grab my water bottle and take a drink and then put my arms back out like and then way. continue. Yeah. And I did a lot of like, you know, I did learn like some of the cheer like endings, like the rah-rah stuff, you know. I'm doing it on the video to Jill's for approval. And um, when I would, there were, my favorite thing was when little kids would walk by because they would see me and they'd be so excited. And I, so I had to figure out like where the mouth was because I would blow kisses. Well, the mouth was like directly on my tummy. (laughs) So the eyes were here and I saw through the mesh eyebrows that were not very see-through. And I just like pat my belly and do these kisses with this face. Just like, (laughs) like little, just a little chaos. Anyways, but long story long, I am um, not in the yearbook that year in my mascot costume because what? there was a couple of people that, you know, it was like oil and vinegar. I mean, yeah, oil and vinegar. And um, they had taken, there was two costumes. There was a male and a female, Mr. and Mrs. Russet. And oh. they took the Mrs. Russet out of 
the storage unit and then my costume out from storage and they wore it for the yearbook pictures and never told me I never heard and I was just I kept wondering why my picture wasn't gonna be in the yearbook the year because I hadn't been a mascot for five years and then when I got my yearbook at the end of the year I was like oh assholes oh my hell yeah hell so it was but it was so it was so fun but that was our mascot our high school looks like a potato cellar you guys can google shelly high school and you'll see it um anyways but that is that's where i went but shelly idaho this comes from the city of shelly's actual webpage. okay it's located 10 miles south of idaho falls um, and it's funny. It says residents of Shelley enjoy a relaxed lifestyle in a hometown atmosphere. That's a fancy way of saying it's very small and there's two stoplights. That's how you know it's small when mm-hmm. it's a hometown feel. Yes. And Shelley has been the home of one of the most quintessential Idaho things, which is Spud Day. Since 1927. This event. Which only people in eastern Idaho know about Spud Day. This is true. Us in the west had never heard of that. But it's it's kind of like the the population of Shelley does like quadruple. There's usually like between thirty and forty thousand people that come down to the parade and to Spud Day. Yes, it's like the fair. It's like where did you people come yeah. from? And it follows right after the Eastern Idaho State Fair. So a lot of like the food trucks and vendors that are at the fair are at Spud Day, and they oh, also do this no. thing where they give out a free baked potato, and it's given. This is such a bad call out for me for my hometown. The stuff that I have to say about where I grew up. Um, because they give out free baked potatoes, okay? They, they're, and they're given out by the winning contestant of the Miss Russet pageant. I'm, I'm sorry. The winner gets to hand out the baked winner, potatoes. I think we talked about this in our last episode. The winner gets to do a uh, service. telling me she handed out. I, oh, I do remember the mm-hmm. service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, she won. Um, yeah, she, that was her price. So anyways, so it's just, and then there's, it was always like, they would just, oh God, this is, just give me a minute. There's also a pile of like ice that's like, looks like it's just been dumped out of a truck and mixed in it is like chocolate milk, strawberry milk, and regular milk that you just get to get. They also do a tug of war over a giant vat of mashed potatoes that come from Idaho Supreme and they mix it in a cement truck. And it was every kid's goal to get in those mashed potatoes. And I tell you what, you think quicksand is your biggest, your biggest worry in this world? Crawl into a pit of mashed potatoes and they won't release you. Okay. They're buttered too. God, this is embarrassing. Keep moving on. Moving on. So this is from Wikipedia because it just says a comprehensive list because apparently the city of Shelley does not. Um, it's in Bingham County in Idaho. Also fun fact, the license plate in Idaho are a number followed by a letter and that signifies the county that they're from and everybody doesn't like 1j drivers just want to put no. that out there or oh. um 2c drivers Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so the population in 2010 i don't know why wikipedia has not updated this but in 2010 the population of shelley was 4409 people that's it mm-hmm. yes sorry Oh, uh, well, you know, the total I size of the town. Too. Yeah. The total size of the town is 1.81 square miles. Wait a minute. One point. <clears throat> Almost two square <laughs> miles. Elevation is 4,633 feet. Um, 
Let's see. The Spud Day celebration happens the third Saturday of September. It features a parade, live bands, a Spud tug, and a Spud picking contest. Forgot that one. I'm going to miss it again. They're going to be gone. It's okay. We we have too many tattoos to go to Spud Day, Jill. I know, but that's the fun part. (laughs) All right. So I know. It is fun. (laughs) Shelley was established in 1904, and it was named for John F. Shelley, who moved to the area in 1892. He'd moved to the area intending to open a small store, which is like there was nothing here. So chill out. Well, that's a lie. The Scandinavian immigrants were here Um, and needed lumber and other supplies to build it. Since the site was some distance from the nearest existing community, he asked the railroad company to make a special stop to offload supplies that he had ordered. They consented, provided he could offload the supplies in under 20 minutes. His daughter, Lottie, wrote the following in her personal history. With the help of Chris Mickelson and others, the lumber was thrown off the train on both sides of the track. Later, a spur was put in in here by the railroad company. Now they needed a name for the town. Mother suggested Shelco. Thank you for not. Father said Shelton. So they drew cuts and mother won. Shelco was commit- submitted to the railroad company and they replied, call your town what you wish, but we already have named the spur Shelley. <laughs> Oh, the 1907 clapback. Nice try. And that is how the town got its name. I did not know that. Um, on September 4th, 1902, a large fire destroyed seven buildings on State Street, which is still the same number of buildings on State Street. <laughs> Only two buildings, a general mercantile store and Nalder's furniture store, which is also the funeral home. So dual purpose. Soren Jorgensen. A local justice of the peace and proprietor of the first hotel in Shelley recounts the experience. On a windy afternoon in the heat of summer, a fire started in a small grocery store operated by James Jensen. It did not take long until the wind was fanning a flame that wiped out quite a long strip of frame buildings. Two saloons, a restaurant, Oddfellows Hall, the post office, a confectionery, a grocery store, and a dwelling. So that is, uh, we have not so famous people from Shelley. I don't know. It's just a small. Uh, it was more than it's I w- anticipated. Quintessential small hometown. Yes, and that yeah, that's where I grew up. My family still lives there. My family's been there forever, and it's like the same exact place. The same exact place. We had a little general store called Kings that we all walked to as oh, kids. Oh, we had a Kings too. Mm-hmm. Kings was a great store. I know they had good stuff. Yeah. So. That's where. That's when we, we talk about Shelley. That's the place we're referring to, the town I'm from. And I always make this stupid joke behind the chair where I go, I'm from Shelley originally, but at 19, I moved to the thriving metropolis of Idaho Falls. Anyways, that was, that was all about Shelley. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's falling asleep. I know. I'm sorry. It's fine. Everybody has that small town. I know. I just never thought I would be from a small town Mm because we've always lived in big cities. Mm -hmm. And then the last base we went was a small town. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. What do you do? You get into trouble. Or you go to church. It's like one or the other. Yeah. Or you do both. Yeah. Um, Speaking of my childhood. Me too. Yeah, you too. Mm -hmm. The children of the 80s and 90s knows this woman's style. We all had at least a folder yeah. with a kitten, mm-hmm. a puppy, or a unicorn on mm-hmm. it. What was um, your choice of going to when you were picking? 
what and like yeah i was so i either wanted um the tigers oh yeah um or the unicorn oh mm-hmm. i went for the white sea lion oh yeah or the whales or the leopard the cheetahs oh yeah that's I think my sister always went for the dolphins oh. and the puppies and the kitties. Wow. It's bringing so much nostalgia. Who are we talking about, Jill? You know, Lisa Frank. Oh, God bless her. I know. She she made our school supplies hip mm-hmm. and everybody wanted them. And thank God they're still, they're coming back. I'm going to look up some right now while you're telling me about her. You should. So I found this, um article on mentalfloss.com. It's 19 bright and colorful facts about Lisa Frank. Number one, there's, there's a real Lisa Frank. Though Lisa Frank is rarely seen and doesn't grant interviews these days, she is in fact a real person. Frank grew up in Detroit. Oh, that will make my husband happy. <laughs> and as a high school senior, sold $3,000 worth of her art at an art show. Wow. Wow. Good in on high you. school? In high school. Jeepers. I was just a mascot. <laughs> I was thinking, I was just a cheerleader. What with it? Good I feel Lisa like a Frank. failure. Couldn't sell my art. I know. Number two, Lisa Frank launched the company while she was in col while she was in college. Of course she did. Wow. Rude. Frank went to the University of Arizona to study math and art. And told Urban Outfitters in a rare interview that when she made the decision, my dad said, that's fine, but you're going to support yourself. I am sure that if I failed, he would have been there for me, but it was a sort of tough love situation. To get by, she started her own business, according to the Arizona Daily Star, by buying pottery and jewelry from area Indian tribes and bringing them home to Michigan to sell. Once the network of artists she met grew, she began to represent them and sell their handy handmade work. Eventually she started telling artists what to make and then decided to make things herself. She launched Sticky Fingers, which featured plastic jewelry when she was just 20. What? Googling that. In 1979, when she was 24, Frank renamed her the company Lisa Frank Inc., because according to the Arizona Daily Star, her name was more familiar to those in the industry since her days representing artists. In her first year of business, Frank sold a million-dollar sticker order to Spencer's Gifts. First year. Holy shit. Sticker order. Oh, my God. That's a lot of stickers. Mm-hmm. Number three, one of Lisa Frank's first design was a gub gumball machine the gumball machine comes from when i was little frank told you oh my dad gave me an antique gumball machine so that my original logo and also you know how when your friends find out you're into something they start sending it to you (laughs) we've all been there (laughs) so you probably have a huge collection of gumballs somewhere the company or the company's early designs she said were very simplistic the very first thing we made before stickers were buttons, and since they were so small, we did the artwork very small too. Eventually, the line would expand to include pencils, stish, stationery, folders, lunchbox, backpacks, trapper keepers, and more. Number four, initially, all of Frank Lisa Frank art was drawn and colored by hand. What? Oh, oh my when God. Ron, when Rondi Coons 
joined Lisa Frank as an artist in 1987. She did concepts for designs with markers, acrylics, and airbrushing. All of the art back then was done by airbrush, although they did have one computer that the creative director was learning to use, she told Hello Giggles. (laughs) Then the other artists learned to create the airbrush look and started to do all the illustrations on the computer by 1988-89. What the Uh, heck? Yeah. Can you imagine... It, it remi- it's reminding me very much of paint by numbers. Yeah. That probably, kind of yeah. art process. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Wow. Number, yeah. Number five, many artists collaborated on the Lisa Frank illustrations. The artwork was collaborative effort, but it all began with me putting it on paper as a marker rendering. Kunt said, I told hello giggles. The concept came from Lisa James, her husband, or me, so I can say that some of the characters were my idea and original design. Wow. But by the time it went into an illustrator to redraw it, adding detail, then to the computer artist who rendered it on the computer, it had many artist stamps on it. Oh. Huh. That's That's interesting. Number six, Lisa Frank has two favorite characters. Any guesses? I'm going to say the panda and the unicorn. No. Oh. Right, my friend. They're the rainbow print leopard and tiger cubs Damn. named Hunter and Forrest who are based off her kids. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did all of the Lisa Frank characters have names? I don't know. Now that I'm like. We'll come back. We'll circle the wagons yeah, back to that Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Uh, Forrest was based off of her 13-year-old and Hunter off her 17-year-old. Um, and were created, and they created both characters before the boys were born. And then when they were born, we thought, oh my gosh, they really do fit their personalities. <laughs> so cute. Number seven, most of Lisa Frank's characters are named after real people. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, so here we go. Naming two characters after her kids were, it wasn't an isolated event. Quoted, we actually really try to base our characters off of people who are in our lives or who have been in our lives, and sometimes it's a memory. We ask people first, Frank said, noting that she based two characters, Casey and Camus, on her first golden retrievers. Stop it. If I would have known this at the time, I would have hoarded that shit. I know. Oh. No one, Frank said, has refused. People are actually begging us, can you do a character with my name? Man. Jill, a little Jill and Sam? A frog and a turtle or something? I don't know. I know. Come on. Number eight. One early Lisa Frank character had a sad origin story. Marky, one of Frank's first characters is a unicorn that lives in the clouds above the fantastic world of Lisa Frank, a.k.a. Air Fluff Island. (laughs) Likes butterflies, exploring, collecting stars, cloud hopping, and dreams, and hates, hesitation, bad smells, and bullies. Frank told UO that the unicorn was named after a friend of ours who died super young of a heart attack. Mm. That's so sad. Marky the Unicorn... Number nine, there is a special Lisa Frank ink. What? What? 
we have the proprietary ink formula that I developed early, really early on so that everything would be brighter. It's typical of a four color process, but we use a special mixer to make those colors. And they have all the licenses for them. My face right now is just exploding. What? No wonder the colors were so fascinating at the time. Right? Because anything else you bought, like it was never the, that no. right. Like it was like shiny and new. Now I'm wondering, like, what kind of team of lawyers does Lisa Frank still have on her payroll? I don't know, but for they all are this. being paid very well. Wow. Number 10. One character has a lot of common with Lisa Frank herself. Though she said there's probably a little bit of me in each character. Um, Frank told Urban Outfitters that the character that's a lot like her is Priscilla. Because she is very into glam and glitz and jewelry and everything girly. The cat even wears illustrated versions of Frank's own jewelry. Funnily, funnily enough, Frank said that she's not a cat person. She prefers dogs. Interesting. Number 11, Mila Kunis starred in a Lisa Frank commercial in the 1990s. I don't remember those commercials. I don't either. Number 12, there's a Lisa Frank clothing. One clothing line came out in 2011 and featured bright colors and characters synonymous with Frank. These days, you can buy the apparel and mugs on Lisa Frank website. Okay, hold on. Going. I'm going, Jill. I'm going. Guess who's gonna get a mug, Duda? <laughs> Lisa Frank. <laughs> Number 13. There was a Lisa Frank and Friends. What? <laughs> there was a Lisa Frank and Friends clothing line. What? Exactly. The collection which blended the two 90s pop, pop culture behemoths. The t-shirt featured Ross and Rachel along Frank's iconic aliens, while the sweatpants featured the logos of each brand along with Frank's design. It was available for just a single day. That is not fair. I did not know about that. I also forgot about the aliens. Yeah. That's what have been a top pick. Yeah. I still sell apparel on the website. Yes. Number 14, Lisa Frank also collaborated with Ed Hardy. Oh. The tattoo artist line of office supplies features art by Lisa Frank. Oh my God, I'm learning so much right now. Was I in a coma for all of this? I think I feel like I just was. Like I must have had a stroke and just lost wow. it all. Number 15, Lisa Frank Inc.'s headquarters is located on South Lisa Frank Avenue in Tucson, Arizona. Who do we know in Tucson, Arizona that can get us a picture? Um, I'm sure I know some people close by. Also didn't peg it for Arizona. No. I would not. But I have. really imagine a bright colored building with like animals on it. Mm -hmm. It's it is. I, you know what's funny is after we recorded this interview, my TikTok... Like I was scrolling that night and a Lisa Frank, somebody was outside of the buildings because they're now abandoned. There's nobody inside of the Lisa Frank buildings. Yeah, that's what it says here. Oh. By 2015, Frank's 320,000 square foot facility, which features colorful characters inside and out, was mostly empty. According to the 2013 New York um, Times article, her factory, once bustling with hundreds of employees, has six staff members. Whoa. 
Um, it goes on to sing Frank's company, victim of protracted legal battles over ownership and bad manufacturing deals faded from popular culture, not an uncommon fate of the animal known as a retail fad. Oh, that's yeah. Um, number 16, Lisa Frank, the Lisa Frank offices have a fireproof vault. For all the original artwork? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what it's for, which is smart. Yes. Number 17, at one point there was a Lisa Frank app. Lisa Frank pick and share allowed users to put Lisa Frank stickers on their phone. Why did I not know about this is devastating for our childhoods. Devastating. Number 18, Lisa Frank wanted to make a theme park. If I could do anything, I think a theme park, Frank told you, because the world of Lisa Frank really is a world. I think before I die, we should have that world someplace, not just on paper. I think it would be pretty awesome, she stated. Yes. Yes, it would, Lisa. Yeah. Petition. Petition to get that shit built. We're going to start that. We need some light, Lisa Frank. The end of the 2020, 2021. Yeah. Announce that theme park. We do. Oh, my gosh. And let's see. Number 19. Lisa Frank's Instagram is run by her son. Oh. Lisa Frank's Instagram presence is, in a word, delightful. And we have her 21-year-old son, Forrest, to thank for it. Um, I originally started the Instagram when I was in high school. Her son says, I stepped away from it to focus on school. Good boy. <laughs> and then about six months ago, took over again. When asked about his strategy for the page, Green said, I just want people to feel inspired and happy when they visit the page. Oh. That's first and foremost. What I try to do is be unique, different, and in- interact with people that may not feel so organic when they first look at it. You're like, why is Lisa Frank here? Why is Lisa Frank in this world? I don't get it. I want to know more about it. I don't want you to get me. I don't want you to get this company. I want you to continue asking questions and guess that. I guess that's my strategy, she said. Oh. Huh. I, wow. Great job, Lisa Frank. And now I shall follow you, Lisa Frank. There's also a nail polish right now being sold by Ulta. It's Orly and Lisa (gasps) Frank. Serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an eyeshadow palette. Shut the front door. Oh my God. Oh, it's very bright, of course. But it has the um the tiger on the front. Oh. And it's got a little cutie heart mirror. Wow. Incredible. That was I just it makes me you know, I I often wonder when I'm going to come across stuff like that, like in the wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to be looking for it. Mm -hmm. So the last thing we talked about that was notable um, in the Kwame's episode was we talked about the Carnegie library that is in Idaho falls. Um, The original library is no longer in that building. Um, It's now the museum of Idaho and down The street just up Broadway is the Idaho Falls Public Library. So this article comes from um, idahofallsmagazine.com and is also sourced from the Bonneville County Heritage Association, 8B, for those that listened to the previous portion. (laughs) Shelley's license plates are 4B. 
Um, so the library, there were several attempts to create a library in Idaho Falls, but none of them were successful until a local women's club started the campaign to get a library built in 1905. They corresponded with the Carnegie Corporation, resulting in a promise of $10,000 for a building, which is insane for that time. Um, they began, the women's club began working um, to build up the library in 1907, but the city had not yet taken advantage of the Carnegie's offer. So the Baptists, the Baptist church at the time, gave up a room in the basement of their church so the library could get started. And several donations of money and books later, the library opened in March of 1908. So three years later, the city wow. government finally supported the library. And by 1913, what were they sleeping on? City of Idaho Falls? Carnegie agreed to donate $15,000, $5,000 more than the um, original agreement. Whoa. Holy cow. The cornerstone for the new library was set in 1914, and it opened as the Carnegie Library two years later, in 1916. At the time of opening, there was 2,000 books, 60 magazines, and five newspapers. The library became a big part of Idaho Falls and even had the basement converted into a public assembly hall. The library was refurbished and expanded in 1939 and in 1940 to accommodate use and the growing collection. In 1974, Idle Falls residents passed a $2.6 million bond for a new library, giving us the Idaho Falls Public Library we have today. The building that formerly hosted the Carnegie Library was converted into part of the Museum of Idaho and now contains the museum's Idaho history rooms. And the museum just went out through another big transformation and they added a huge section. And the um, antique study group I'm in bought a brick as a donation. Oh, did they really? Yeah. So there's a brick outside that says the Eagle Rock Antique Study Group or Guild or whatever it is. How fun. Yeah. So that's, and it's a beautiful building too. It's really, I'm glad that it's still in its original shape that you see today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was everything we had today for Emily and Kimmy's episode. Um, we hope you guys enjoy them just as much as we do because they truly are just special, special people. And to see everything we talked about today in today's episode, be sure to head over to our Instagram at themothballprophecies.com and check out all of the goodies they shared with us today. Um, we will also have some new merch going out this week. So be sure to check us out at themothballprophecies.com to check out some designs that we've never released before publicly. Check them out. And now we'd like to thank some of our very special people, our patrons. We would like to thank Katrina and Erica in Arizona, Gray in Colorado, Emily and Crystal in Nevada, Ruth in British Columbia, Ruby in Ohio, Aaron in Wisconsin, RJ in Florida, Gina in South Carolina, Julia in Sweden, Jasmine in Kentucky, Kyla in Indiana, Javier, Shanna, Mandy, and Riley in California, and then we have Betty, Lisa, Aaron, T.C. Lionel, Melissa, Christina, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. A gigantic thank you to our wonderful team. Gray, you make us sound great week after week after week. Thank you so much. And spell check, you make us look so very good on paper. You really do. So much. And as always, we hope you find some good shit. And 
please remember to look under those tables. Please. Bye. See ya. Thank you.